Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Real Clear Politics Takeaway for Tuesday, March 7th. I'm Tom Bevan, co-founder and president of RCP. I'm Philip Wegman, White House reporter for Real Clear Politics. Sitting in for Carl Cannon. How are you, Phil? Not bad. That's a heavy responsibility. I'll do my best. I know. Big shoes to fill. Uh, so let's talk about you actually have a story that's on the front page of Real Clear Politics this morning, which is kind of, I guess, a little little juicy. Um a little bit. Tell people what it's about here. So Vivek Ramswamy, he's a biotech entrepreneur who has gotten into politics and he's best known as the godfather of the anti-woke movement. Now he's running for president. And after CPAC, he has gone public with this allegation that before he attended that conference, a consultant reached out to his campaign and told them that if they purchased a certain number of tickets, that they could help him get a solid showing in the CPAC straw poll. So a respectable showing, that would have cost somewhere around $80,000. Second place, that would have been closer to two hundred k. That was the offer that was made. You called a couple other campaigns. Did anyone else get this offer? This was just him. I spoke with two other 2024 hopefuls, and they told me flatly that no, no one reached out to them about this type of arrangement. CPAC also denied the allegation, and more so than that, they even included a bit of a um, a jab at uh, the, the Ramswamy campaign saying that anyone who wants to run for president needs to know that you have to organize and be popular. That's what it takes to win a straw poll and the Oval Office. But the thing about this is the CPAC straw poll always comes with controversy. So the other thing about this, so Ramaswamy said <clears throat> that he wants to open source running for president, that he wants to, you know, pull back the curtain, whatever the metaphor is that he's, he's using. Um, but he didn't, he didn't name the consultant because he fears retribution, which seems to me to be a little contradictory. I mean, if you're going to, if you're going to make this claim that you're going to open source everything and you're going to tell the people like what's going on and who's doing what, you might want to actually name some names as opposed to keeping it anonymous. What I mean, right? Does that strike uh, you as odd? Is there a reason? It, it was a little odd. The campaign told me that it was for fear of retribution. They don't want to get into a big fight with CPAC, but uh, they gave us the name. And on condition that we didn't publish it, we were able to look into uh, the identity of the person who allegedly made this offer. And uh, through open source material, we were able to confirm that this is an individual who currently serves uh, in a leadership role with CPAC. Okay, well, we'll have to see where this story leads. I have a feeling that we haven't heard uh, the end of it. But speaking of 2024, we've got... Ron DeSantis heading to Iowa on Friday. Donald Trump is um, going to be there in Davenport, apparently, on Monday. Uh, you've written, you covered Mike Pompeo. He gave a speech at CPAC. Um, you did an interview with him before. It seems like the 24, 2024 now, on the Republican side at least, is sort of in full bloom. Who else is... Who else is are we looking for to, you know, be in the mix here? I mean, Tim Scott's been out to Iowa a little bit. Any other names that we should be keeping an eye on here in the coming days and weeks? 
Well, certainly we can't forget about uh, the former U.S. ambassador to the U.N., Nikki Haley. She had a moment there where she used CNN and uh, Don Lemon to her advantage when he made that uh, ridiculous comment about her not being in her prime. We haven't heard a lot from her since in terms of, of new stuff. I I think you're absolutely right, uh, Senator Tim Scott. Um, he's someone who could potentially have significant appeal. What I'm watching for, though, is someone who is also in the DeSantis holding pattern. Just like that Florida governor hasn't announced, former Vice President Mike Pence, he could certainly uh, offer an alternative to Trump. More than that, he could do some damage to the former president um, if he decided to litigate uh, their political divorce in public. Um, that 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 is significant. But yeah, for right now, we're in this holding pattern as DeSantis continues with his dress rehearsal for 2024 and as he continues to play rope-a-dope with the uh, former president. You mentioned Nikki Haley, and that's, that's one of the things I think that these candidates have to deal with. I mean, she got in, she had the news cycle, had the Don Lemon thing, but it's tough to stay relevant in an environment where news is happening fast and furious every day. And on top of that, you've got, you know, Donald Trump driving the news cycle by just as he normally does by whatever he tweets or, or anything. Um, and then, you know, clearly with DeSantis, it's going to be tough for these lower tier candidates like Nikki Haley and anybody else who decides to get in, whether it's Glenn Youngkin or Chris Anunu or any of these folks to, uh, to really, you know, try and stay top of mind, try and break through, try and have their, their moment, um, and, and keep it going long enough to get to a place where they can actually get in front of some voters, uh, <laughs> who are actually casting ballots. And more than that, at this point, the juggernaut campaigns, they're not competing for voters so much as they are courting donors, because this is the shadow primary uh, currently. They're trying to build up enough of a war chest so that they can actually get to Iowa, that they actually can get to New Hampshire uh, for these early contests. What has been described to me by the DeSantis, um, by DeSantis world is that they like the position they're in right now because obviously Donald Trump is going to suck up all of the oxygen, but DeSantis world seems happy with the current situation because they don't have to go blow for blow with him. Instead, uh, the governor can go on his book tour. He can talk about what he did differently and he can point to Florida and, and say, look, I don't, have to just tell you how I'd be different. I, I can show you. That's going to be a problem for a lot of these candidates. Um, go down the list, whether it's Nikki Haley, Mike Pompeo, Mike Pence, uh, the, the former president. Their uh, appeal is inherently retrospective. Uh, DeSantis can say, I'm not running for president currently because I'm waiting for the Florida legislature to, uh, to, to end its session in May or June. Um, I'm focused on delivering for that state and oh, by the way, here are all the popular things that I've done down there that uh, social conservatives love. Yeah, he was in uh, he was in California, um, and I had read in a story that he did an event, a donor event. Well, he spoke at the Reagan Library, um, but also did a donor event in Orange County that I think the organizer said was the largest event they had had 
um, in Orange County, I think ever, dating all the way back to to Reagan, um, which was you know pretty impressive. I mean, I think DeSantis is to me, given everything that I've seen and read about him and what he's doing, I know he's on a book tour, but um, seems like he's absolutely running. I'll be shocked at this point if he doesn't run. I didn't think he was going to because you know he's a young guy and and you know he has plenty of time ahead of him if he so you know chooses and getting in a you know a two year mud wrestling match with Donald Trump uh or a year or whatever 18 months whatever it's going to be is um you know is, is a, not always the smartest decision it hasn't really worked out very well for <laughs> other people who've tried it so um but it it seems like he's going to do it do you have any well is that your take on this as well I mean, I think one thing we can say confidently is that if Ron DeSantis was haunted by the ghost of Chris Christie, who who waited to get into the presidential race in 2016 rather than running in 2012, as many people thought he should, he's gotten over that fear. What we see from DeSantis world currently is that he is willing to tout his own record, to point to his own accomplishments. And I think the determining factor here is it's not a, a straw poll at CPAC. The determining factor for DeSantis is he's got a lot of donors who are coming to him saying, we would very much prefer you rather than the former president. And I think that what we are seeing is, um, you know, both a lot of these populist conservatives, as well as some of the more establishment type Republicans coalescing around him as a candidate, uh, not because maybe they think he's the absolute best. Remember, DeSantis was a founding member of the Freedom Caucus. Like he was at Paul Ryan and John Boehner's throat. This is not someone who normally gets along with GOP brass, but they certainly have a willingness to work with him um, over the the former president. And I think it's going to be fascinating to watch that dynamic play out where Donald Trump, by all accounts, should be the GOP establishment. And yet you have some mainstream conservatives saying, wait a minute, let's make this a contest, not a coronation. I saw some some reporting a story about how you know they're still working on their their nickname for DeSantis. DeSanctimonious doesn't seem to be a bullseye. You know, Meatball Ron got l- leaked to Maggie Haberman and made its way into the the uh consciousness, but um I, apparently they're still they're still road testing some other names. Well, so it's funny that for <laughs> for decades you have the conservative movement fiscal conservatives who are all about limited government just desperately trying to create a consensus in Washington and get republicans to take um spending and fiscal issues seriously that they they have made Paul Ryan their hero and they want entitlement reform Donald Trump kind of blows that all up very, very quickly by digging back into Ron DeSantis's voting record, noting that he supported some of those Paul Ryan budgets and just borrows Democrat phrasing directly. He just rips it off and calls him a wheelchair over the cliff sort of guy. And now suddenly, um, other than you know Mike Pompeo, who had a very frank conversation with me about the need for entitlement reform, and other than Mike Pence, who has said similar things, you've got the the party trying to do a 180 uh, because now uh, the party of fiscal responsibility doesn't want to talk openly about changes to social security and Medicare. 
Well, I just want to point out that one of the nicknames that's being tried out on DeSantis is Tiny D. <laughs> because Ron DeSantis is five foot nine and Donald Trump is six three. And people have been talking about, you know, we haven't elected anyone who's under five eleven. And and I just want to say, as a as a person who is also five foot nine, I'm offended by that. Donald Trump is going to leave the, uh, the short vote on the table. That's right. That's right. He is, he has alienated the, uh, the height challenged electorate and uh, we're going to come out in force. But, so. but all that is old is new again, right? Because there were all of those whispers about Marco Rubio and his cowboy boots that were a little too short. That's now right. You, now you've got Dem operatives desperately trying to get <laughs> reporters to write up that uh, DeSantis has a less than respectable heel. I, I mean, right. He's getting heels on his cowboy boots. 2016 is going to come back with a vengeance. Um, but yeah, all of these high-minded things about politics, they might just come down to one simple thing. Can Ron DeSantis take a punch on the debate stage and keep going? If he can, this can be a contest. If not, um, maybe we're going to be in for another primary cycle about uh, you know tiny hands and all sorts of <laughs> other um, playground politics. I don't know. I think it's inevitable that that's where we end up but we'll see we'll see all right we'll leave it there for this morning for phil wegman i'm tom bevan co-founder president of real clear politics thanks for listening to the rcp takeaway on tuesday march 7th